Welcome to the Shady Grove Radio Podcast, a production of Shady Grove United Methodist Church in Mechanicsville, Virginia. Turn your radio on, turn your radio on, and listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on, turn your radio on, and glory share. On this episode, we'll hear a sermon from Pastor Wayne entitled, First Witnesses, based on Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Turn your radio Before we get into our scripture reading and sermon for this episode, just a reminder that on uh, Sunday, April 23rd, that's just in a few weeks from now, um, we'll have our Be the Church Day. And uh, just to let you know, there will be only one service that day at 9 o'clock in the gym. We will not have our normal three services that Sunday morning. Just the one service at 9 o'clock. No Sunday school that day. Um, When you come to the service, you'll just come into the gym. It'll just be a very short service um, with a couple of songs, some scripture reading, and some encouragement for you as we prepare to go out into our community to spread the love of Jesus. Um, If you haven't, already picked a project to serve on or a project team to serve on, um, you will still have the opportunity to do so on that Sunday morning. Um, And all the instructions will be given to you by your uh, project team leader that day. So don't worry about that. Some of the projects are actually off-site and some of them are actually in the church building as well. So everything will be explained to you on that morning and we hope that uh, you will take this opportunity to join with your Christian brothers and sisters and your Shady Grove brothers and sisters that day um, to minister to folks in our community. With that being said, let's turn our attention now to the scripture reading and the sermon for this episode. Enjoy. Good morning. My name is Terry York, and I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples, Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Terry. 
Well, this is our last in our series in Matthew. And um, so, as I have told you in Matthew, just a um, um, little context here. Matthew is written to an audience that was primarily Jewish. And, um, and so, uh, what his purpose was, whether it was using prophecies or other things, was to give proofs that Jesus was the, and is the Messiah and that um, those proofs are not beyond a shadow of a doubt, but they give you the proof enough so you can make that step of faith. Because the step of faith is the most important step because that's when you receive it and that's when you believe it and then that's how you begin to live it and to become witnesses of that message. And so that's what Matthew is trying to do. And so I'm going to first kind of paint a picture. Uh, we get the picture of the, res the, the death of Christ. But this picture is on Monday morning as the text arrived. This morning we had a sunrise service. Huh? Oh, Sunday morning we did. But you're talking about for her. Is that, but this morning we had a sunrise service. And one of the things that was interesting, it was cold. <laughs> Everything I had known was on my body. And I was cold. And so, but it reminded me of the text here today when it said that early in the morning, the Marys, uh, in Matthew, he doesn't talk about other people there other than the Marys, um, but there could have been other people there. Uh, but it talks about Mary. And so here's the picture. Um, it's dawning. And as this morning, that means the sun's not up yet. But it's coming up. Okay? And it's kind of interesting because it's kind of that in-between stage where it's not dark, but it's just enough light to see. That's what I call dawning. All right? Now, if you disagree with that, that's fine. But this is Wayne's world right now. All right? So, and, you know, but it's that place where is that you can walk and not fall, but if you're not careful, you might trip. Because it's just that much light. And so they were almost at the tomb where Jesus was buried. And as they could see um, in a distant, a little distance from the tomb, all of a sudden they experienced some of the proofs that I'm going to talk about. Well, they experienced first their second experience of an earthquake. You remember these same ladies were at the cross and when Jesus died, uh, the ground shook, earthquake, and the curtain in the temple was rent top to bottom. Okay? And so, and then the other thing that was interesting is it says in the text when that happened that people came out of their graves and went back into town. How'd you like to be? You fixed a meal for six and the seventh one showed up. And here there was another earthquake that they experienced. And the earthquake occurred, and I'm sure that was an unsettling experience. Um, but the question is, 
what were they going to see? You ever think about that? I mean, so let's talk about the tomb. And, and I've seen these. So the tomb is a hand-carved out um, place, where, and they have a place for, uses two bodies in there. And um, so, and then uh, they roll a, there's grooved out like that. And they roll a stone in front of it about that thick. Okay? So it's about a ton, they estimate, is what the normal gravestone, you know, give and take. So there's no way that those Marys were going to roll that tomb stone away, were they? So they weren't going to roll the tomb to go inside. And then the Romans, I mean, the Roman legion put two guards, not temple guards, but I mean real Roman soldiers. They're the ones that because of duty, when they're assigned to duty, they're willing to die to carry out that duty. All right? They're committed. And so when they get there, what are they going to do? Get a chair and sit outside and say, hmm, them soldiers are standing there not doing anything. Is that I wonder if they could roll back that stone. I don't know what they were thinking. But I know this. They got more than they expected, didn't they? Huh? And that was some of the proofs that I'm going to talk to. So they were in a distance. Let's go back to that. And uh, where they could see the tomb. And then all of a sudden it was the earthquake. And they saw an angel. I'm going by the text. They saw an angel descend from heaven. And the text describes what the angel looked like. Now, let's get this clear. The only way this is in the Bible is because of what the women witnessed and told. Because the other men disciples weren't there, were they? They were back hiding. And so these witnesses, first witnesses, saw the angel descend and you would think that what happened was that the earthquake rolled the stone away. But that's wrong. Because in the text, it said they saw the angel roll the stone away and that the angel then was sitting on top of the stone. Y'all ever heard that version? It's just details. But see, it's important facts and proofs to Matthew. All right? So, I mean, they were probably a little afraid with everything they've seen so far. And the funniest part of it to me is I wish someone had a cartoon. Uh, the two Roman soldiers looking like they were dead. Oh, my God, what do we just see? Yeah, can you imagine? Is that uh, scared flat to death? And the scripture records that <clears throat> the women were there. And the soldiers, they could see, and the angel spoke not to the, addressed not the Roman soldiers, but addressed the women directly. It says directly. Does that mean directly? That's directly. All right. And so, spoke to the women that were sitting on top. There's some more proofs. This is the proof. 
do not be afraid. You know who says do not be afraid? Angels, every time they appear in the Bible, there is a phrase that starts off, do not be afraid. The other occurrence is when Jesus comes to them on the water and said, and they think it was a ghost, and they said, don't be afraid. So it was angelic. Now, angels don't send themselves. Angels are sent by someone. Anybody want to guess who that was? I say God. That's pretty simple. I mean, you know, I mean, that's a good one. So God gave them the message to give to the first witnesses, the women, the Marys, who went to the tomb. Now, the second thing you never would think about this as a proof, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Hear this. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. So what is happening there is Matthew is saying, you're at the right tomb and the right person was in this tomb. That's what it's saying. Because somebody can say, well, they probably went to the wrong tomb. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know how these people are. You know, they roaming around in the dark and don't know where they are. But the angel confirmed they were in the right place <clears throat> looking for the right person. And look at this. This is, this is something you just could pass over. The text says, as he said. So what he's activating this, he's using all them, their senses in this. So now he's asking to remember. Oh, you remember when Jesus said you were going to do this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, now that, that's a witness to me because Jesus said it. Now it's happened. I think I can believe a little bit of that, at least that point. Is that, and the angel invited them to the next step of proof. They said, come and see the place where he laid. Now, as I said, those Marys were probably went with Joseph of Arimathea. They know the tomb. They know because they would have put the burial cloth on, the perfume, and the spices. So they knew what side he was laying on when he was there, and they knew the clothes that he was, uh, the, you know, wrapped in. And so... The angel invites them to this next layer of proof. And so they went inside the tomb. And what they saw, heard, felt, and smelled is in the rest of the story as first witnesses and messengers of the resurrection. So when they went into the tomb, they found the empty grave clothes folded you know, Jesus was neat. You know what I'm saying? As that, and um, that's an interesting part because if the body was stolen, there would be no cloth in the tomb. Right? They just grabbed it and gone. Right? If it was stolen. But it was in the tomb, folded up, and they recognized the burial cloths. Because it would have had stains in it. But you know what the other thing is? You don't think about this. It's kind of, they could smell the perfume. 
and the spices, couldn't he? You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're talking about a small area. And this just happened. So they went in, and for them, it was like, whoa, they're activating all their senses. So, um, as they could smell the perfume, and they've heard the message, and they go back out, there's a shift in the story. And the shift goes from those proofs, okay, that should give you a sense of having enough proofs to make the Marys have the step of faith, what they would need. Because you know, people are going to call them crazy. If you tell them all this stuff, they're going to send you down to the river. All right? Is that, but they experienced so many things. And the reason, by the way, the reason it's in here, because they are the ones that had to tell it. That's an important fact, by the way, in those days of how these women were honored as the first witnesses. But this text changes, and now it's going to change from the proofs that Matthew put in to action. So here's what the angel says. The angel's message that was received from Nobody's died from saying, talking in church, you know. I've never seen that happen. Is that it was God, that's right. So, and the angel gave them that message and said, Go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised, and indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. Wow. That's the message. And this is how you know. Oh, I'm sorry. There you will see him. That's what we're going to say. And then at the end of it, it says something. If they didn't believe what the message was, it ended by saying, the angel saying to him, this is my message. Okay? If you missed it, here it is. I'm just laying it out to you. And so, I can't imagine what they were feeling. Probably mixed feelings. They were probably afraid. And they had great joy. And then, if you think that was enough, guess what happened? On the way, they were being obedient, on the way <coughs> to tell the disciples, guess what happened? Jesus appeared to them. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and so, it says they came to him, and they grabbed his feet and worshiped him. <coughs> Why is that important? Because if they can grab his feet, his pre-Easter body is the same as his post-Easter body, only with holes in it. Right? And so when they're at his feet, they can do what? Witness to the fact it's not a ghost, it's not a hologram, it's not something like that, a phantom. It is the actual Jesus that they're touching. Now, that, that should give you a little confidence right there, I'm going to tell you, because you're witnessing what you've seen, all right? <coughs> and as they're worshiping, they also experience something else. You know, Matthew, I told you, is writing to a Jewish audience, and that is uh, primarily understanding what a witness is in the Old Testament. 
And if you remember anything, in order to be able to have something confirmed as true, you had to have two witnesses. Right? Guess what happened? Jesus became that second witness. Right? And so, now, it gave even more authority to their story because of what they had seen and they had heard. And Jesus said, go tell, the NRSV says brothers, but the word in Aramaic is actually doesn't designate one or the other. It can be anybody, men or women, it doesn't make any difference. Go, uh, go tell my brothers and sisters to go to Galilee. There they will see me. You probably didn't notice it, but I've never noticed it. But Jesus just called them his brothers and sisters. In other words, regardless of what has happened, Jesus is bringing divine reconciliation by his announcement to what to tell the disciples. Wow. I mean, there's got to be one guilty group, right? You know, except for those who were there. So, let me end with this. Oh, I got another hour. <laughs> this is the good news. They were the first to witness. They are the first to be the messengers of the good news that Jesus has risen from the dead and he wants to see his disciples, men and women. So, the good news is this. Jesus makes use of flawed people in his mission. And I want you to know, you're looking at some flaws. You don't believe me? Come to the next service, my wife will be here. <laughs> he wants the disciples to know that they will meet him in Galilee. The reason for Galilee, just to give you my last little tidbit, the reason for Galilee is this. If you go back in the Old Testament when the people were put in exile, remember I talked about the different exiles a long, long time ago when I was 20 years old? And, um, and so what happened was when they would take the people out of exile from Assyria or either from Babylon, what they did was they took people from Babylon and repopulated the land, remember? And so it was the land of the Gentiles, which is sending a message about the future of who is included in God's covenant. Isn't that amazing? Well, I got to finish. What's so amazing about this is Jesus thereby forgives them for their failures. They betrayed him, deserted him at the time of his trial and death. But now he restores them as his emissaries and trusts them once again to represent him, to be his ambassadors, to be his messengers, to be the witnesses. And so it is with us. 
We are like the disciples, the Marys, the actual other disciples. We are flawed persons and have failed him often as individuals and as a church. But Jesus continues to call us his disciples. And to a world and to be witnesses of what we have experienced, what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have felt, and to be messengers that Christ is risen. And that's good news because death no longer has its victory. Sin no longer has its victory. God has truly set us free. And as the scripture says, when you're free, you're free indeed. All right. Get a little heaven down in your soul. Get in touch with God. And turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Well, turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Let glory share. Turn your lights down. Well, turn your lights down. Listen to the master's radio. Get in touch with God. And turn your radio on.